everyone, Jack Midkiff here. Thanks for uh, tuning me in or downloading me or partaking. Well, that doesn't sound very good, does it? <laughs> uh, I'm new to this podcast world, so um, thanks for listening. How's that? That sounds better, don't it? Um, I am uh, just drinking my coffee this morning. I'm on my way into the office. I'm wanted something cold, I wanted a smoothie or something, and of course, um, you may or may not know this about me, but you're about to, I live um, a a plant-based lifestyle with my eating and drinking, and so uh, I wanted a frappe from Starbucks, but, you know, I don't do milk, but guess what? I don't do cow's milk, but I will do almond milk, and they'll do it for you there. They'll put that in there. So I went by and got me a mocha, uh, how, how would you say that, a grande mocha almond milk frappuccino. Look at me. Just, I'm doing podcasts, going to Starbucks, hey. I got it going on in 2020. <laughs> I'm really happy, though, in, in all seriousness, that we uh, it's been this time together. I got some stuff that I want to share with you. I want to um, just give you some thoughts, hopefully, when I do this and when I bring this stuff to you. Um, hopefully, it'll uplift you. Hopefully, it'll give you some good ideas. I by no means believe or think that I have it all going on. Oh, contraire. But I do know the guy that does, and his name is Jesus. And so hopefully, maybe there'll be some Jesus moments on these, and uh, we can all be better at whatever it is that we're doing. So uh, the, the subject I want to talk about for a few minutes today is... God impressing faith. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about what it would be like to have enough faith to impress God himself? Now, so what is faith? Faith is confidence that something exists other than what you see, other than what you feel, smell, taste, touch, hear. So, um... Maybe that seems a little far-fetched to be able to have that much faith. But there was this uh, there was this centurion soldier I want to talk about. And uh, he was a commanding officer. He was uh, pretty high-ranking in the Roman army. He came to Jesus. And uh, he came on behalf of a, a servant that he had. And uh, he said that he had this servant home that was sick. And when Jesus offered to go and heal this servant, this is what Matthew 8, 8 says. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Now, here's a man who understood the power of words. He was an army officer. So when he spoke, 
everyone listened. When he gave commands, everyone did what he said. So he understood that power. And and then uh, when they heard him, they did what he said do. As a matter of fact, in this case that we're talking about, so did Jesus. So why was Jesus so quick to respond to this centurion officer? Here's why. Because the man's words were full of faith. In other words, what's coming out of your mouth? Because whatever's coming out of your mouth will show up in your future. You say, what are you talking about, Jack Midkiff? Well, what I'm talking about, my friend, is Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. See, when Jesus heard the centurion's reply, Jesus was impressed. He, he, was, he was so impressed. Well, how do you know that? Matthew 8.10 says, When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. That kind of faith so impressed Jesus that the centurion's willingness to believe was there and, and it didn't require some big spectacular sign or wonder from heaven. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't require this guy to, to do something, you know, stand on your head, pat your head, and, uh, or pat your belly, and, and whistle backwards. We have so much ritualistic routine in the church that is self-imposed because we think we have to do all this stuff to get God's attention, when in all seriousness, what God is impressed with is our willingness. That's what it is. It's, it's not ability, because He's given us all the measure of faith. So it's not the willingness or the, the ability. We all have the ability. It's the willingness to do what He's called us to do, and that's simply believe. So the faith that so impressed Jesus was the centurion's willingness to believe without requiring some big thing. All he needed in order to believe that Jesus could heal his servant was a word. He said to Jesus, speak the word only. And within the hour, his servant was healed. So, question is, who needs a miracle? Who needs something in your life today? I know I do. I need, I need God every day. I need stuff every day. That same faith and greater faith that impresses God is available to every one of us. Well, how do we get that? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God sent his word to heal us. He sent his word to deliver us. We see in Psalms um, 107, 20, he sent his word and healed them and rescued them from their destruction. John 1, um, 
1 through 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word. Uh, in the beginning, the Word already existed. I'm reading now the New Living Translation. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word uh, was with God, and the Word was God. I'm not going to read those whole 14 verses, but uh, if, if you look at verse 4, it says, The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Um, let's see. You go on down to 12. To all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become the children of God. It goes on and on. Then in Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible is literally God talking to each of us, which takes us back to why Peter called the word of God the more sure word. See, I believe in miracles. I do. But miracles don't happen Every day. They're an act of God's will, not our will. So, we shouldn't try to live from miracle to miracle. Now, I know that that there's preachers that would just, you know, that they have miracle ministries. and all. I'm, not, I'm not negating any of that. But, but there's a life for us to live and... and I want to be peaceful every day, and, and we shouldn't try to live from miracle to miracle. God never intended it to be that way. He never promised a daily dose of visions, dreams, prophecies, miracles for us to live by. What did God provide for us? He provided for us a book full of living promises. He sent His Word. He gave us a book of overflowing life. He gave us a book of overflowing um, Himself. Peter went on to say in 2 Peter 1.19, So we have that the prophetic word made more certain. You do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in the dark place until the day dawns, the light breaks through the gloom and through the morning star rises in our hearts. In other words, here's, here's what he was saying. You may not wake up every morning and hear the audible voice of God, but every morning you do have his word. Ooh, ain't that good? You have his promises. You have His revelation. You have His wisdom. And it's all as sure as the sun rises and sets every day. So, live by it. Yes, miracles are wonderful, and I believe in miracles. But God's plan is simple as this right here in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not sight. He expects us to live every day by faith in His Word, not by the signs and the wonders that we might see along the way. And I believe that we can and we will. But you might say, Jack, uh, can you show me that in writing? And I'll say, yeah, I'll show it to you. 
Think about it this way. Think, think for just a moment about one of the great Old Testament examples that we have of walking by faith and not by sight. Abraham. When God called Abraham out of his home, out of his land, he told him to leave his family, go to a new land. There was no written word of God at that time. So that was his word. There wasn't even an old covenant. All Abraham had to go on was a spoken promise. In Genesis 12, 1, 2, says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from the father's house into a land that I'll show you. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, all the while, Abram was about 75 years old, married to a barren woman, yet he took God at his word and left his family and his home. And when Abram finally got to Canaan, he, God appeared to him and said this in Genesis 12, 7, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed I will give this land. And there builded he, builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Then you read in Genesis 13, 15, and 16, it says, For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give, and to thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed as dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, he shall see, uh, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Here's the point. Are you ready? You ready to get the point? Here's the point. All along the way, God kept speaking the promise and speaking the promise. Then after God had appeared uh, in a vision, Abram asked God this in Genesis 15, 2. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Now, at that point, Abram had given in to the circumstance. Abram had, um, he just, he did what we do a lot of times. We, 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 if we see circumstances, then it discourages us. Well, yeah, uh, Jack, we're, we're just, we're just human. Here's the problem. If you live by signs and wonders, then you'll die by signs and wonders. He was 86, and day after day, all he had been seeing was a barren wife and no child. He went on to even say this in Genesis 15, 3, And Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. The truth was, God was, uh, he, he had given Abram a seed. He just didn't realize it yet. Because he was doing what we do all the time, uh, a lot of the time, not all the time. He was doing what we do a lot of the time and is looking for a sign, looking for a wonder, looking for um, something to, uh, to prove it. From the beginning, the very beginning, God had given him his word. And the living word of God is a seed. Where seeds planted, there'll be a harvest. 
Mark 4 teaches us about seeds. You can go look at it later. But remember, when God said to Abram, I'll make you a great nation. I'll give this land to your seed. I'll make your seed as the dust of the earth. God spoke all that to Abram in the span of 11 years. But still, Abram was having trouble uh, anchoring his faith to God's word. So God gave him a little help. Genesis 15, 5. It says, he brought forth abroad and said, he brought him forth abroad, excuse me, and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. So what happened right there? God cut covenant with Abram using animal sacrifices, uh, which in itself was a sign to him that God would keep his promise. And the blood that, that blood covenant was a powerful anchor for Abram's faith. So look, look, are you looking? Look, 13 years later, <laughs> at the age of 99, Abram still had no boy. That's when God began putting the word into Abram's mouth. That's when, that's when, that's when it starts getting good in the story because new identity, new destiny. He's changed his name so that he would be saying the right things. From the very moment God first told Abraham, or I'm sorry, told Abram that he would make a great nation, make him a great nation, Abram could set he could have said okay from now on i'm gonna be i'm gonna i'm gonna call myself abraham because god has said i'll be the father of many nations and if god said it i agree with it abram could have done that and saved himself a lot of trouble but he didn't Remember, Abram was not born again or spiritually alive like we are. There, there was no written word at the time for him to get up every day and, and do his daily reading and all that. So all he was seeing was, I'm childless. I have no seed. But God fixed it. Ooh, I like this part. Can you tell? God fixed that by changing his name. When Abram became Abraham, he literally he took on the new identity. Abraham actually means father of many nations. So every time he said his name, he was saying, Hello, I'm the father of many nations. And also, every time somebody called him his name, they were saying, Hey, father of many nations. So what was happening? Abraham and everyone around him was doing what Romans 4.17 says. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him. I believe he, he said, call it those things which be not as though they were. 
when we're able to call those things that be not as though they were, then that's when our life begins to come alive in God. In effect, Abraham was speaking the same word God had spoken. And he was hearing it being spoken all the time. Jesus did the same thing with Peter. When, when Jesus first met Peter, his name was Simon Bar-Jonah. Later, Jesus changed it to Peter the Rock. And, and if there were anyone among the disciples who was not a rock, it was Peter. But Jesus knew what he was doing. He called Peter rock until he became a rock. So by receiving a new name and speaking it and responding to it, Peter was actually agreeing with the word of God. Some people think I'm silly when I say you shouldn't say my head's killing me. Some people think I'm silly when I, well, that's just a little. No, it's not. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. He was agreeing with the word that Jesus had spoke. The word will spark an inner image within us. That inner image, in turn, becomes hope. And hope is where Abraham saw himself as the father of many nations. Hope is where Peter saw himself as the rock. So, listen. Wishing wells run dry. <laughs> the bottom line to all of this is that real Bible hope is not wishing for something to come to pass. God's not sitting at the bottom of a wishing well waiting for us to uh, toss a, a few pennies in or whine out a few wordless prayers so that he can work up a miracle on our behalf that's no hope is a divine inner image it's a dreamed birth by the word of god in the soul of a man it's the blueprint of our faith hebrews 11 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen hebrews 11 1 tells us that hope is what faith has to have in order to bring our dreams to pass. We're also, you can also see, um, we're told that an anchor of our soul, uh, both sure and steadfast, is is the hope. In Hebrews 6.19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. So, we don't only have a more sure word of prophecy, but we also have a sure hope. It's like Peter said in Second Peter 1.19, We have also a more sure hope of prophecy, whereunto we do, uh, do, ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now, here's what you do. You marinate in the Word. Okay, I'll get more churchy so you understand me. You meditate on the Word. And the light 
of that word becomes brighter and brighter. It grows, it develops on the inside of you. And eventually, um, it gives birth to an inner image of what we're believing to receive from God. And that, my friend, will cause you to have God-impressing faith. So, um, new goal, right? To have God-impressing faith. Now, I agree. I don't think think God's ever going to, you know, look at us and go, Oh, wow. You know, you've come up with a new revelation. No, because He's... He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's never-ending. So it's not that we know more than God. It's That's not how we impress God. That's how we think we impress people. What impresses God? What is God impressing faith? And it's this. It's taking Him at His word. So, carry on, my friend. Have a great day. I hope this is... Uh, been a a bit of uplift for your day hope it's been a a bit of help to you and um, just remember you can have god impressing faith all you got to do is believe him and he's pretty impressed with that go uh go follow me on all the socials and uh, let me know if these are blessings to you and we'll talk to you later Remember, uh, it don't cost a bit more to dream big than it does little.